0: Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. Let us open our Bible to Matthew chapter 18 from verse 21 to 22. Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother? When he sins against me. Up to seven times, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70, 77 times. This morning, the Lord will be calling our attention to the issue of forgiveness. And the topic before us is forgive as your heavenly father Forgive as your heavenly father. Can you tell someone, forgive as your heavenly father? Forgive as your heavenly father. If you believe God is your heavenly father, he expects you to forgive. One fact that we must face in life is that as human beings, we are relational beings. Nobody can live alone. We relate with other people. We live amongst people. We are relational beings and in relationships that are bound to be up and downs do's and don'ts there are boundaries boundaries which we often cross there are expectations which we often fail to meet we offend others and others offend us another fact we must know is that we are imperfect beings and no matter the level of our exposure no matter the level of our education no matter our background No one is infallible. No one knows everything. No one is Mr. Right. And no matter how much we try to be careful, many times because we are flesh and blood, no matter the level of our spirituality, we are bound to make mistakes. However, your peace in this world, more often than not, hangs on your understanding of the dynamics of relationship. For us to have peace in this world, we must understand the dynamics of relationship. In other words, how to handle situations and people around you. How to understand your environment. How to cope with others in any and in every situation. No matter how careful we are, we will often cross boundaries and others will cross our boundaries. Hence, the need to understand the doctrine of forgiveness. I know that forgiveness is something we talk about a lot, but it's something that is very difficult to do. And the Lord will want us to see how important the doctrine of forgiveness is, so that as children of God, in our relationship with others, his name can be glorified. The doctrine of forgiveness cuts across all aspects of our lives. If your marriage is going to be peaceful You must understand and practice forgiveness. And in marriage relationship or marital relationship, many people, or many times when there are cases of divorce or separation or irreconcilable differences, most times it's because of the issue of unforgiveness. If your parenting effort is going to be successful and profitable, you cannot but be rooted in the teaching and practice of forgiveness. As a parent, you must be willing and ready to forgive. If your business and career is going to be successful, you need to practice the doctrine of forgiveness. If the church is going to be the true church of God, we cannot but teach and learn the principle of forgiveness and practice it to the letter. If your Christian spirituality is going to be glorifying to God, and be profitable to humanity, then you must understand and practice forgiveness. As long as you know or come to the realization that you cannot do with people, you will always meet people, then you will understand that there is the need to be willing, to be open to forgive as people offend us. This morning, God is sending you back to your marriages, to your homes, to your offices, to your business environment, and even to your fellow church members to go and make things right. What then is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Number one, forgiveness means to overlook, to let go, to acknowledge the offense, but to release the offender. God is telling you this morning, that for you to really say you have forgiven someone, it means you overlook, you let go. You release the offender. Number two, forgiveness is the ability to stop being angry or bitter about what someone has done to wrong you. Forgiveness is the ability to stop being angry or bitter for something that someone has done to wrong you. Many times we say we are forgiven, but we are still carrying anger and bitterness. We still cannot bear with that person. We still cannot stand that person. And so we want to keep away from the person. But we say, no, 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 I have, I have, Let just let him stay on his own and I'll stay on my own. No problem, no problem. I have nothing against him. But you are still bitter and angry whenever you remember the offense. Then you have not forgiven. Number three, forgiveness means... Not blaming or punishing someone for an offense. Not blaming or punishing someone for an offense. So you will not be referring to it over and over again. You will not be saying, oh, you did that. You, I'm forgiven you. I'm, I'm you, but I'm just reminding you that you caused this. That this was your fault. So as long as we are still, com- we are still blaming, we have not really forgiven. Number four. Forgiveness is to restore peace. Forgiveness is to do what? To restore peace. When you forgive someone, it means you are willing for peace to to be in that relationship. And peace is the manifestation of true and genuine calmness. You are not shouting. You are not shouting. You are not showing your emotion. You are calm because you are forgiven. Forgiveness is to restore love. It is to restore love, agape love, without any sentiment. So when you forgive someone, you love him. You love him again. You love him not because of what he has done or what he has not done. You love him with the agape love. The agape that has no sentiment. The agape that is not coming because of what somebody is going to do for us. The agape love, just like Jesus loved us. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, what did Jesus do? He died for us. So forgiveness is to restore agape love. Forgiveness is to restore harmony. Harmony. And it means peaceful, redemptive, and productive coexistence. So when you forgive someone, you allow for harmonious living, harmonious relationship, peaceful coexistence between you and the person that has offended you. Number five, forgiveness entails Accepting the other person's limitations. Accepting the other person's limitation. And coming to the understanding that you also have limitations. So when you forgive someone, you are saying, I forgive you. I let it go because I know you are flesh and blood. And as, long, as far as you are you have flesh and blood, you have limitation. No one is perfect. No matter the level of education or exposure, no one is, is perfect. Number six. To forgive is to treat the relationship as being more important than the offense. When you forgive, you are saying, what binds us together, what we share, is more important than what you have done. And so you are willing to let go. You are willing to overlook. You are willing to forget. You are willing to forgive. It is to treat the relationship as being more important than the offense so if you're able to understand forgiveness in all of this light, it will be easy for us to forgive. It will be easy for us to forget. It will be easy for us to restore back the relationship. Why is it difficult to, to forgive? Why is it often difficult to forgive? Number one, it's difficult to forgive most times when we look at the gravity of the offense. When you look at the gravity of the offense, some offenses are serious. They are weighty. When you look at what the person has done, you will tell people, if I tell you what he or she has done, you, 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 will, not, you will not blame me. If you, if you look at how I'm reacting, and I tell you what this person has done, in spite of what I have done, then you will not blame me. If you look at the Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 13, you remember the story of Amnon, one of the children of David, who called the half-sister, Tamar, and the father. And Absalom, the brother of, of, of um, Tamar, who shared the same mother and father with, with her, held it, and you know he didn't forgive her. He did not forgive, forgive him, sorry. For about two years he held it until he was able to kill Absalom. So he pretended, he said, don't worry, my sister, just go. Don't worry, just keep quiet. But he held it. Because he considered, how can you do this to my sister? So when we look at the weight of the offense, we do not want to forgive. We feel justified not to forgive. Sometimes some offenses can lead to death, can cause death, it can cause death. Oh, he was the one that killed my son. He was the one that caused the death. His carelessness caused the death of my mother. I'm not, I can never forgive. I can never forgive. Maybe somebody here has said it. I will never forgive. God is speaking to you today. It can lead to deprivation. Because of this, this offense or this, this action of this individual, you have been deprived of Of something very precious to you. Maybe a promotion. Maybe some things that are so important to you. You have been deprived and so you think, I cannot forgive. Because of this, I spent five years in the university instead of three years. Instead of four years, I will never forgive you. My parents, you call yourself my parents and you didn't pay my school fees. And I had to wait for a session. I will never forgive you. You call, call yourself my wife and you did this to me? You did something that is so grievous to me? I will never forgive you. Some can have far-reaching consequences. You remember the brothers of Joseph? What did they do? They sold him into slavery. And they had the gods to come home to tell their father that, ah, the wild animal had has killed their, his son. And, of course, the, the, the man suffered. He was a slave. He was a prisoner because of what his brothers did. And you know, Joseph had the right to tell the brothers, I will never forgive you. You sent me to this place. I became a prisoner. I became became a servant. I will never forgive you. But he didn't do that. So, number one is that the gravity of the offense. Number two, it is difficult to forgive when you look at the investments and expectations in a relationship. You look at the investments. For instance, as a parent, you have invested in this child. You have done everything to make sure that this child becomes successful. Sleepless nights, everything you've done, and in spite of it, this child disappointed you. And so you feel, you call yourself my child, and you did this to me. I do not want to have anything to do with you. Of course, you know that there are parents who will say, I disown you. You did this to me. You brought shame to me. With all of my expectations from you, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Or a spouse said, okay, the years we spent together. Is it the years of courtship or the years of marriage? And you have the gods to go out to have a child outside of this wedlock. I will never forgive you. You stay there and I stay here. Or you can see your children. You are free to see them. But I do not want to have anything, anything to, to, to do with you. I suffered with you. And now that God has blessed you, you did this to me, I will never have anything to do with you. Or you look at the, 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 the blood or the cord. For instance, look at Esau. Look at what Jacob did to him. Jacob took his birthright. Jacob took his birthright. And the Bible says he had it in mind to do what? To, 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 to kill his brother. And that was why the mother told the brother to do what? To run away to Laban. So, when we look at the investments and we look at the expectations in the relationship, we do not want to forgive. Number three, the offender's failure to acknowledge wrong or even ask for forgiveness. You do not want to forgive because this person that has offended me is not even, is not even acknowledging that what he or she has done is wrong. And I'm telling you, this thing is wrong. You did this to offend me and you say, uh, uh, no, I've seen, uh, no, I've not done anything. And what is it? What is it? Or He's not even saying sorry. He's not saying sorry. And as long as he has not apologized, I'm not going to forgive. He has not apologized, so I'm not going to forgive. And many of us are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that person to apologize until we forgive. You are waiting until your wife says, I'm sorry, until you forgive. You are waiting until that child says, I'm sorry, until you forgive. You are waiting for your boss to say, You are sorry, until you forgive. There are some people who will never come to say sorry. There are people who do not know how to say sorry. No matter what you do, if you understand the the way they say sorry, some people can never open their mouth to say, I am sorry. I know some people, they will never say, I am sorry. They they will rather, they will rather, I mean, some wives have told me that their husbands will not say, I'm sorry, but they will do things to show that they are sorry. Maybe they buy gifts, maybe they do some kind, uh, they show some kindness, that is their own way of saying sorry. And you know, Unfortunately, in Africa, or I don't know if to say unfortunately, in Africa, in, in the tradition of Africa, many times, an adult, they will say an adult shouldn't say sorry. Adults don't say sorry. Eh? They will say, in fact, there's a proverb that says that, what do you do with being an adult, other than to cheat a young one? You know that proverb. That that's what adults, we, 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 because we're adults, we cheat, we cheat. We, we, have, we use our adulthood to cheat the, the younger ones. But that is not Christian. However, if an adult has offended you and hasn't said sorry, and because of that you have refused to forgive and let go, God is saying that is not right. Number four, why it is difficult to say to, to forgive? When the one that has been offended is unbroken. When you have not been broken by the Holy Spirit then you hold on to issues. You hold on to offenses. Because you've not allowed the Lord to break you. Because you've not come to to know that when you gave your life to Jesus, every other thing must be surrendered to him. That everything anyone has done or will do to offend you, you must submit to him. When you are broken, even if it is difficult, you are willing to obey. You are willing to submit. You are willing to surrender. No matter how long it will take, no matter what what you have to do, because you have been broken. But an unbroken person cannot forgive. Only a broken Christian can forgive. An unbroken person is filled with self. It's filled with self. It's all about me. If it makes me feel good, fine. If it doesn't make me feel good, I'm not going to do it. You know, some people will be saying, no, uh, 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 at the moment, at the moment, at the moment, I'm not. Just leave me. At the moment, I'm still still thinking about it. What are you thinking about? If Jesus comes now, you will lose heaven because of, of unforgiveness. An unbroken person has not appreciated the forgiveness he received from God and others. An unbroken person has not appreciated the forgiveness. When you come to look at who you were before you knew Jesus, when you come to consider the gravity of the work of salvation on the cross, when you come to consider the price that Jesus paid on the cross for your sake, you'll be willing to forgive because you have been broken. You come to that realization because you have surrendered yourself. You have released yourself totally to God. But an unbroken person is hard-hearted. He is in, in his own world, full of self, judgmental, rich meaning to everything everybody does. You know, even if the person doesn't mean any offense, because because it's unbroken, he reads meaning into it and he holds on. Didn't you see the way he looked at me? Didn't you see the way he greeted me? Didn't you hear what he said? Even if that person didn't even know that he was offending you, because you're unbroken, you are keeping it and holding on to it. That is why it's difficult for you to forgive. Number five. Why is it difficult to forgive? Ignorance of the doctrine of forgiveness. Ignorance of the doctrine of forgiveness. When you have not realized that God expects us to forgive. That it is not, we have no choice about it. If you do not understand that, that doctrine of forgiveness, it is, it is very difficult for you to forgive. Number six. Many find it difficult to forgive because of their background. Because of their background. Maybe their faith. You know, there are some religion that believes that if you offend me, I must take, I must avenge. Teach for tarts you you know that and in my in, in in the proverb in my in my language they say that uh, if a chicken uh spills my my medication or my whatever i will break the egg so what you do for me i'll do for you and if i if i do it to you you know how it is <laughs> you know we say that let me let me let me do what you have done so that you know how it feels and because of that, they feel it is their right not to forgive. Another reason why some people find it difficult to forgive is because they have not discovered the harm they are doing to themselves and to the people around them. You find it difficult to forgive because you've not discovered the harm you are doing to yourself and you are doing to, your, to somebody around you. Why you, you, you have unforgiveness? Someone said it is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Because unforgiveness is poison. But look at, let's look at relationship. For instance, marriage relationship. Marriage relationship. Husband and wife, you have issues and you, you refuse to forgive. And, and because of that, there's, there's, there's divorce or the marriage is, 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 is destroyed. And children, children begin to suffer. You know, they say in a broken home, the children are the broken pieces. The children are made to suffer. Because of your own unforgiveness. The children are torn between mother and father. They spend Monday and Friday with mommy. Turn Monday to Friday with mommy. They spend Saturday and Sunday with daddy. And then they go on vacation with mommy this year. Vacation with daddy this year. Go to this. You know, the children can't even understand because... Because of your own... So, and, and the children are exposed to a lot of harms, a, a lot of things are happening in their lives. Emotionally, those children are going through a lot because they cannot understand why mommy and daddy cannot forgive each other. Why mommy and daddy have these issues. Am I saying it is easy to forgive? I'm sure many people will be sitting down, who are sitting, sitting there looking at me and saying, hey, you don't understand what I went through. You don't know what I went through. You don't know the devil I married You don't know how tough it was for me. You don't know what it took for me to come to that conclusion. But what I'm saying this morning is that you must forgive. Because God wants you to forgive. How about relationship within families? Relationship within families. Do you know that because of unforgiveness, brother and sister cannot sit together. You cannot, you cannot relate with one another. And you, you are of the same mother, the same father. Or even maybe father. the father is, is, is what, joined, what has joined you together. You cannot sit together. And I ask, if you as brother and sister cannot relate, what about your children? Do you know in some families they will say, ah, your, our children cannot spend holiday with, with, with their cousins because parents have issues. Isn't, isn't, isn't that happening? So children do not have relationship with their extended family members, they say, no, 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 don't go. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Because of your own issues. Because of your own issues, you are making the children suffer. When they are in the midst of their their cousins, they have to be careful. They cannot travel. Your brother is getting married. You are not going. Can you imagine? And so, until we understand what God is saying, that when we, when we do not forgive, the consequences are grave. How about in the church? Relationships in the church. Relationships between brethren. Here in the church of God, there are people who are holding on to an offense. Who are keeping grudge because of what a brother has done. He's in, during Sunday school, if you know how this man spoke to me. Ah, in fact. What is it? Because we're in the same church. Eh? We are in the same church, and we are in the same age age group, mission age group, oh, eh, mission age group. This one. Do you know the people I command in my office? Ah, no, 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 no. I, I'm yet uh, Sorry, that uh, disrespect is even too much. And because of that, when they put it together in a committee, say, no, I want to, I want to decline. I, I want to decline. And they say, why now? Please, no, 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 please, please. You cannot force me. So God's work is suffering because you have unforgiveness towards someone. Is the Lord speaking to someone this morning? Is the Lord speaking to someone this morning? I pray the Lord will help us. Why is it important to forgive? Or why must you forgive? Why must you forgive? Number one, God commands it. God did what? Now, it is not an advice. It is not an appeal. It is not an option. It is a command, and commands must be what? Commands must be what? If you are a soldier, and your God says, go this way, will you say, no, God, this is how we are going? Will you say that? If God is your master, he is saying you must forgive. Are you going to tell him, God, you don't understand? God, you don't understand. When we get to heaven, God, I will come and explain to you, so that you can help us to settle it. Do you think there will be? You know, some people will say this, this, this quarrel. It, it it cannot end here. It cannot end here. It, it is when we get to heaven. Who told you that there will be? You won't even get to heaven anyway. Colossians three thirteen to it to fourteen. Colossians three. Media, please help me quickly. Colossians three, thirteen. Let's read it together. Forgive. Now, please wait, 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 13. He says, bear with each other and forgive some grievances. Is that what the Bible says? He says what? Whatever. So, where we find out whatever, right Whatever. Underline it and write those things that the, the people you are holding you are holding to their offense. Write what is it that they have done? It says, "Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another." Forgive as what? As the Lord forgave you. The reason why many of us are here is because we have received God's forgiveness. If you look at where you are coming from, you understand forgiveness. Ephesians 4:32. Ephesians 4:32. Ephesians four thirty-two. Okay, let's read it together. It says, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Those passages are not there for decoration. They are there because they are important. Luke 17, verse 4. Luke 17, verse 4. Luke 17, verse 4. Let's read it together. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times come, comes back to, to you and says, I repent, what should you do? Don't say, I eh, know, eh, eh, you did it. You know, some people, they can, they can, they can give dates. I met a couple, eh, and they came for cancer. And when we were um, trying to help, I mean, just interact with them, the lady was quoting dates. In, in 1995, June 4th, he did this. Ah, ah. In 1997, January 3, he did this. Ah, he was she was quoting dates. I said, ah, ah. quoting dates. Is that not a problem? That's a problem. He says, If he comes to you seven times, what will you do? Don't say, eh, Don't even come. You know, this is the third time you are coming. Even God knows I've tried. Don't come. God is saying, if He comes to you, and He says He comes and He says I repent, what should you do? Don't say that repentance. That repentance is not genuine. It's not genuine because this is the third time. It's not. It's not genuine. You you leave the genuineness to God. God is saying you should do what you should forgive. Matthew eighteen. 21 to 22. Matthew 18, our passage. Matthew 18, 21. <laughs> so it means amongst the disciples, they had issues of, of, of unforgiveness, isn't it? They had issues with unforgiveness. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus said, how many times? He says, how many times? Seventy-seven times. Another another passage says 70 times 7. And 70 times 7 is what? 490. So, I don't know how many times who can count 490 in a day. That means that person has nothing else to do. But what the Bible is trying to say is that you must be willing to always forgive. So, number 2. Unforgiveness will hinder your prayers. Unforgiveness we do what? Hinder your prayers. Matthew 5, 23 to 24. Matthew 5, 23 to 24. If you do not forgive, your prayers will not be answered. It says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Okay, 24. 24. What, what should you do? What should you do? And do what? Go and do what? So how many of us are here today? Maybe as we are coming, you had a quarrel with your wife. Or you have, you have, you have a brother or sister that you've not, you are not, this weekend you, you said what he did on Friday. Ah. But you have come with your offering you know, and you have even given that offering. Do you think it's acceptable? Jesus is saying, keep your offering. Keep it. First go and do what? Reconcile to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Because if you offer that gift without, without forgiveness, it is not acceptable. So you must not allow anything to hinder your prayers. You must forgive. Number three, so that you can also receive forgiveness. So that you can also receive forgiveness. Matthew 6, 14 to 15. Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, what will your Heavenly Father do? What will he do? He will also forgive you, 15. But if you do not, let's read it together. For for if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. (laughs) Is that not tough? Is that not tough? It's tough. And that is why it is important for us to forgive. Another reason why you must forgive is that unforgiveness is a sin. And sin will hinder you from making heaven. Can you you face somebody and, and tell the person? Unforgiveness is a sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. And sin will hinder you from making heaven. Unforgiveness is a sin. And if there's sin, the Bible says without holiness, no one shall do what? No one shall see God. So unforgiveness is a sin. Another reason why you must forgive is because when you forgive, you free yourself from bitterness you are free you know how you feel when you see that person that has offended you you know how you feel you know how you feel when we were young anytime there was a quarrel when you see that person eh ah somebody said it used to i used to feel like killing that person that's tough if somebody is like that it's tough that's satanic that's demonic bitterness is serious it is like releasing poison into your system. When you see that person, everything, you just feel tense. And you, are, you know, your heart is beating fast. You're releasing poison. Why not release that person? How should you forgive? How should you forgive? Number one, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive how? As the Lord forgave you. Ephesians four thirty-two. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. The same way God forgave you, the same way you must forgive. No matter what he or she has done, no matter how terrible the sins are, you must be willing to forgive. You must be willing to go any, any length to see that you are forgiven. Even if you are the one that will go and look for him. So as, as, we, as we leave this place this morning... We will commit ourselves to the Lord. If you need to make that call that you have not made, make that call. If you need to visit, visit that person. I say, if I visit him, he won't allow me to enter, visit him. Let him not allow you to enter. Then you can tell God, Lord, I've I've obeyed though. He's the one that has not opened the door. Or I called, he didn't pick my call. I sent a text, he didn't respond. The Bible says, as much as it is in your power, do what? Live at peace with all men. So, you must Forgive the same way the Lord has forgiven you. Number two, you must forgive by restoring the relationship. Go to the person. Call him on her. Huh? Do not hold back. Do not hold back. You know, Genesis, in Genesis 33, I want us to look at verse 4. Genesis 33, when Jacob was going back home now. <laughs> Let's read from verse, from verse 3, please. From verse 3. From verse 3. Now, he himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground. Maybe we should start from, from verse 1. Please, I'm sorry. Okay, Jacob looked up and there was Esau. Coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel and the two made seven. Why did he do that? Eh? This brother I offended. He's coming. He has said that I'm coming. He's coming. Ah, there's going to be destruction. So he divided the children. You stay here. You stay here. You stay here. He he arranged them. He arranged them. Verse 2. He put the maid servants, and their children in front. (laughs) Look at that man. He has not changed. (laughs) Leah and her children next. Can you see that? Uh And the Rachel that he loved though. Rachel and Joseph in the rear. Can you see that man? An unbroken man. An unbroken man. Verse 3. He himself now went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. Verse 4. But look at his brother. Can we read that together? But Esau ran to meet Jacob and did what? And then he did what? Threw his arms around his neck and kissed him and they wept. Who ran to meet him? The one that was offended ran to meet him. He, He had let go. He had forgiven him. But because that one that offended knew what he had done, he was afraid. So when you forgive, you you, you release yourself. The man had forgiven him. He was willing to. And when he was even trying to bribe him, to bring this, to bring that, he said, sorry, the Lord has blessed me. Don't worry. Don't worry. That is how you should forgive. Restore the relationship. How about Joseph? How about Joseph? Genesis 45. You know what his brothers did to him? You know what they did? They sold him as a slave. Genesis 45. 45. Genesis 45. Verse 15. Verse 15. Media, please. Genesis 45, 15. Okay. And he kissed all his brothers and did what? And wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. You know, his brothers were afraid. But he kissed them. Said, "I'm your brother." And you know, when their father died, because they didn't believe that Joseph had forgiven them, eh, they came and they said, "Our our father said," and I'm sure they were lying. (laughs) That's what happens when you when you when you see when you the the Bible says that when you when you forgive, you you are you are pouring coal into the head of that person. Why not free yourself? Free yourself. Forgive. Forgive. Even if he doesn't deserve it, forgive. Romans 12.18 says, let's read Romans 12.18. Romans 12.18. Romans 12.18. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, do what? Live at peace with everyone. Everyone, no matter who they are. You say, ah, she's a witch, oh, she is a witch. She's a witch. The Bible says, as far as it depends on you, live as what? At what? At peace. You must forgive. As the Lord forgave, he justified us, just as if we had no sin. And we must also forgive by restoring the relationship. Now, how do you know that you have completely forgiven that person? How do you know? Number one, when there is no more barriers to your relationship, when there are no more barriers to your relationship, then you are forgiven. Nothing is holding you back. You don't say, ah, I would have gone, but... I forgive you now, I forgive you now, I forgive you now. Uh, I don't have time for that now. But you know that, if not for the issue between both of you, you would have, you are, no matter how, how, how tight your schedule is, you would have been able to pay that, make, make that sacrifice. There should not be any barriers. Number two, when you feel no bitterness anytime you remember the offense or the offender. That means you are forgiven. You know, we talk about forgiving and forgetting. It doesn't mean that you will not remember anymore. But when in remembering there is no bitterness, that means you have truly forgiven. Number three, when you have joy and peace of mind whenever you discuss that individual, it means that you have really forgiven. You are not discussing with any anything. You are not holding back anything. You are discussing with love. You are not. Holding, you are. You, you just in your own plain mind. You are forgiven. We must understand that forgiveness is painful. Forgiveness is what? It's painful. Sometimes people have done something to hurt you so badly. And now you are forgiving. Ah, God, the right thing is for me not to forgive, but I forgive. And you find find yourself in tears because it's so painful. But you know, you have released yourself. Forgiveness is costly. Forgiveness is hard. But forgiveness is... Is a must. It shows how much you are willing to obey God. It shows how much you appreciate the forgiveness of God. It shows how much you appreciate the forgiveness of others. You must forgive just as the Lord has forgiven us. Let's read Ephesians 2 4 to 5 as we conclude this morning. Ephesians 2 4 to 5. Ephesians 2 2 4 to 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace we have been saved. He forgave us while we were in transgression because of his grace. So the same grace that we have received from him is asking us this morning that we must release as many as we are holding holding on on to their forgiveness or their, their sin, we must release them. And forgive them because the grace is available to us. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoyi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 Latif Jakande Road in Ikoyi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook as Ikoyi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 016320485. Zero one six three two zero four eight six. For more information, please visit the church website at w. Baptist